Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind non top nonprofit galas and signature fundraising events to showcase how they positively transform their communities. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm thrilled to have Jamie Garcia on as a guest. Jamie is the president and CEO of the Andy Roddick Foundation. And Andy Rod- the Andy Roddick Foundation, um, founded by the Tennis Hall of Famer Andy Roddick, does an annual gala each year. And their 15th anniversary one is coming up, um, coming up on November 15th. So I figured it would be a great opportunity to talk with um, Jamie. Also to kind of celebrate, you know, 15 years is a great milestone and not a lot of fundraising galas are able to do that for a sustained period of time. So with that, Jamie, welcome. And I am so excited to have you as a guest today. Well, thank you for inviting me and, and the interest in the foundation. And yes, we're very fortunate to have one of our biggest fundraisers um, look at it's kind of a signature event here in Austin, and it's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of purpose with this foundation's work, and um, and so I'm glad that not only we get to celebrate a lot of accomplishments that night, but we get to go ahead and have a lot of community built within. So I'm glad to talk to you about the work that we do and um, the successes and highlights of our our gala each year. That's fantastic. And, you know, you, you led into the first question really well. And that is, you know, for anyone not familiar with the foundation, what is the mission of Andy Roddick Foundation? And for those, I may use the phrase and term ARF, which is the acronym for Andy Roddick Foundation. So if you hear that anytime during the episode, that's what that means. Yeah. So the Andy Roddick Foundation, our, our mission is really to make sure that we're expanding opportunities for our young kids. So elementary age to learn, thrive, and succeed. We know that at the very early ages in elementary school, kids have the opportunity to be on level by reading uh, by third grade. They also have the opportunity to go ahead and gain new skills and interests. And that all sets them up for great success in middle school and high school. So we have really important years. And our motto is learn all the time. And learn all the time is our guiding principle because this happens outside of the school day. We are learning after school during after school hours, we are learning during the summer, we are learning during spring break. And we have to make sure that we're realizing that these opportunities give our kids the full potential for success for their dreams to come true for them to do anything that they want to go ahead and do. But those foundations, those base basic skills is what we have to build off of. And that's really making sure that we've got three pillars of work that we're working through. Um, to make sure, you know what, Rob, let me repeat that real fast. Um, So let let me go back to the learn all the time uh, phrase. So our our motto is learn all the time. And that is our guiding principle because we're really learning outside of the classroom. And we're trying to make sure that the after-school hours are meaningful. And so are the summer hours and spring break and et cetera. Learning doesn't happen just during the classroom. But we have to make sure that our kids are getting the basic uh, foundational needs during their elementary age years so we can build off of that for middle school and for high school. And some of those are making sure that they're on level academically. Um, they can socialize with their friends. They can make sure that they're tinkering into different hobbies and interests, creative writing, different sports programs. Um, maybe that's sewing. Uh, maybe it's another interest that they have. And they can build off of that skill in middle school and high school. Now, the foundation actually has three pillars. Our our foundation has a really deep work in our create, and this is our handcrafted national 
nationally acclaimed um, summer camp, spring break, uh, family events around the clock, around the year uh, that we're constantly doing with our families to go ahead and go really deep into our child's development, all of the kids that are actually in our programs. And then we do more of these broad uh, work with 37 to 40 after school and summer partners across the Central Texas area. We provide them funding, we provide them tools for them to go ahead and boost quality and um, also prove impact. And we work with them to go ahead and collect data and really make sure that we're saying like, why does after school matter? Why does summer matter? And then the last pillar is our impact. And that's us making sure that we're lifting the voices of our kids, of our parents, so we can raise awareness of how important the work is. And we can go ahead and start sharing this work and the data with our city officials, obviously local officials and state officials. So one thing to really note about the foundation's work is that we remove financial barriers. Our program services are all free of charge to our families because we don't want anything to stop them from becoming part of the work that we do. And because of that, um, intentional work that we do, so going in deep, we're actually outperforming our kids are outperforming their peers in science, math, and reading. You see improvement in their um, star testing. You see them also having fewer days absent at school and making sure that they have also, we have data that supports that they're growing with self-confidence and resilience and a sense of belonging. So overall, it simply you know wouldn't be possible uh, to achieve our work and the mission that we are trying to accomplish every day we didn't have very generous supporters. You know, that's fantastic. And, you know, there's a couple of things that you talked about I definitely want to hit on. And one is you talked about confidence with, you know, with children. And when you're confident in something, it's going to, you know, show up more broadly in your life. So I love how the program and the, you know, the free programs that you offer for children after school, it conveys to testing and it conveys to education because the children are more confident because they're getting to pursue stuff that, you know, it, you know, interests them and, you know, showcases and handles their passions. And I just think that's a really, I, I just think it's really wonderful that you all do that. Well, you know, Rob, uh, the foundation is Andy Roddick's work really started with the fact that he was so young when he picked up a tennis racket and it gave him confidence that allowed for him to become his own person. And that's what he sees for these children that we are actually, you know, working with during the summer hours and the after school hours is it might not be tennis. It might be creative writing. It might be something completely different. Um, but we need to go ahead and start working on building that confidence and introducing those type of skills to our kids. That's why a lot of our work is also around um, engineering, STEM work. Uh, you just never know what kids are going to pick up. But if the opportunity is not there, then that's a loss for them because they were never introduced to something that could have had such an interest and sparked something. Absolutely. And, you know, one other thing I want to touch touch upon before, we, you know, before we go a little bit more into the into the gala mm -hmm. is I love how you mentioned earlier, too, about how you've got about three dozen different organizations that you partner with and you know part of why you're able to get some of that recognition more broadly whether it's you know citywide statewide national regionally nationally is you know in order for nonprofits to succeed there has to be links and networks throughout the community you know yeah. talk a little bit of, more about you know kind of the, the secret to creating kind of a good network where you, you know your nonprofit is the hub 
for all the other tentacles mm -hmm. that, you know, you all are able to reach because you do partner with them? Well, I will say this. I've been part of this network for uh, a number of decades. And one of the big, big, big pieces is community work. So the Anti-Erotic Foundation staff work hard to make sure it is not us telling our partners what it is that they need or they need to go ahead and do for success or for quality improvement. It is us actually being that source to pull everybody together and make sure that we've got um, voices in the room that can say or can contribute to our next, you know, efforts. Uh, one where we just released last week, our quality practice guides. And this was, you know, 10 people from our organizations that we work with that were selected that worked on this for over a year to go ahead and say, what are the four most important components if we want quality in any program that takes care of kids after school or summer? So it's not the foundation doing the work to go ahead and say, this is what you need to do. It's all of us coming together to share our voice, uh, make sure that we are aligned together so we can contribute to high quality programming across this entire city. And I also think it's really important too is sometimes and I will say, without the network, you're not going to have celebrations. You're not going to have 2,000 after-school summer professionals coming together to go ahead and celebrate the work that they've done all year long. It almost seems like, you know, you're in one location and you're just doing your own thing solo in Southeast Austin when really you're part of this bigger picture, right? We're all contributing to the community and to our young kids' success. And so the network, we also allow for these intentional celebrations each April to go ahead and celebrate. We call it Breakfast of Champions to celebrate the work that they're doing. It's an award ceremony, really trying to go ahead and put a spotlight on the best center staff that are out there, managers that are out there, you know, sharing impact stories with each other. But yes, it is It's definitely something that if we're trying to go ahead and go broad and keep an opportunity for any child to choose any after-school program or summer program out there and know that it's high quality, you need a network like this in order to support it. Fantastic. And I want to touch upon something that you you talked about in that last answer and that, you know, you have been, you've been involved with nonprofits for a minute, let's just say. So you have a wonderful breadth of experience. And I know you joined the Andy Roddick Foundation about a year ago. You know, what made you decide to join this organization? Because you sound really passionate about it. So I'd love to understand, you know, why this organization where your passion for after school programming comes from. Well, um, it, I'll try to make a long story short, which is, you know, I was um, on my path to uh, had my pre-med degree plan at UT and then shifted to have an after school um, position. So just a part time position while I was going to college. And in that I found really this beautiful presence that I had never realized was there, which is how much a, an adult can contribute to a child's success. Just being there in the afternoon, how much I could actually build friendships among other children. Like they connect the two together, make sure that they was helping them with their homework. I'd see that parent run in at the very, very last minute and say, okay, I'm here to get my child. And I really saw the fact that I could go ahead and tell them like her homework is done. And she was able to go ahead and meet with her teacher also and start sharing this. And you just saw the relief on the parent. Like, I don't have to do this. I still have to go home and cook dinner and save the children and everything else. I, I really saw the difference 
from the very beginning, you know, from I was 18 of, of the impact I was making. And so with that, I pursued this uh, career in education and continue to do this work. A- ARF, they've always been doing fabulous work. Um, you know them because of the high quality programming that they've been delivering in the city. And like I mentioned before, it is all free of charge. They have m- removed the financial barrier. So previously in my other position, I was constantly raising money to make sure that we had a sliding fee scale opportunity for kids because I never wanted to make sure, I never wanted for a parent to say, I can't afford it so my child can't attend. And so ARF spoke to me with so many pieces of their work. Again, this building this community across all the providers to say we're in this together because there's plenty of kids to go around. For every child that's in an after-school program, there are three more on our waiting list. We all need to succeed in order for us to go ahead and serve more children. And then also the quality of work that the Andy Roddick Foundation has been doing has always been a, you know, a highlighted in our community. And so, yeah, the passion has been there for a lot of years, but I will say um, it's easy when it's the dedication to the child's well-being, when you can truly see that you're bridging this learning gap and you're aiding in a child's trajectory to successful, you know, young adults. That's what you're trying to do. We want all children to be able to go ahead and have the opportunity early on to be able to gain all these skills. So when they're in middle school and high school, they're knocking it out of the park. And you don't want any barriers to be in the way just because they happen to be in an, um, a community that has less opportunities. That's really great. And I just I love how you explain that just so articulately. And you could just sense the passion underneath of, you know, it really is what you all are able to provide. And obviously, like you said, for everyone, there's three more on a waiting list, but for people that you're able to touch and reach that it can really just so profoundly and positively impact them is really just, it just, it's fantastic that you all do that. And I know that we had talked about how you joined about a year ago and this, I think we'll use this as a little bit of a segue into the gala. So before we hopped on the air here, you know, you had told me you had been with the organization about six weeks before the gala last year. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how, you know, having the gala and the signature fundraising event, how it helped you really create some good introductions with strategic donors and other strategic partners, because you had this really big coming together right after you began with the organization. Well, first off, I will not shy away to say, yeah, that's intimidating, right? You're going to have to go ahead and pull together a speech in front of, you know, 400 great supporters and uh, tell your story. And also, most importantly, really make sure that you're telling the impact of the foundation. Um, Since I do know that the work is so important and I do know that this is our largest fundraiser, and I'm sitting in a room with people that truly do understand and recognize the importance of the work, it made it a lot easier for me to go ahead and say, I'm not trying to convince anybody. We're all here because we're trying to make sure that opportunities are out there across our entire city. Um, so I think it's really looking at it for the gala as a way of celebrating the work that we have been doing this past year and really making sure that we're using that. As I was telling you earlier about the Breakfast of Champions and really using that as an opportunity to bring in our partners and celebrate their work. Well, here's our our chance to go ahead and shine and make sure that we're celebrating the work that the Andy Roddick Foundation has been doing for the last year, the past 10 years. Um, and then with that, 
go ahead and receive donations to continue and further that mission. And that's really important too, is making sure that you're articulating what future goals that the foundation has, because that's what we're all working towards is give our very best to these children, but also make sure that we're connecting with each of the individuals for them to more deeply understand the work. This is an opportunity where you're hearing it first in person and it's not through a newsletter and you can do a, a more personal um, presentation of the work. They can also meet the staff. Um, I met so many people that evening. I mean, it was incredible to just be surrounded by so many kind individuals that really were committed to our cause and had been contributing for so long, or maybe they were brand new. And they said, I really didn't realize that um, so much was invested in kids during the after-school hours that can tr contribute to so much for their future. And so it, sometimes it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's a large crowd, it's a gala, but there's so many opportunities to go ahead and have these personal conversations that really impact the overall work and make sure that the supporter understands the work that they're contributing to. Absolutely. And that, you know, and you feel that like anytime there's a presentation, I remember, um, you know, your first speech last year and, you know, when um, your publicist, Jesse Parker Stoll, told me that, you know, you had only been there, you know, a few weeks. I was really surprised because you just had such a command and a presence. And I know from a donor perspective, that really shines through that, you know, the transition from Richard, who had been there a really long time to you, was a really seamless one that the donors were able to see how the money they've been donating will continue to still be, you know, stewarded just as well, if not better than it had been before. And, you know, that was really a remarkable thing. You know, I had the pleasure of going last year to really see that and to see, you know, someone really shine introducing themselves. Cause that's, you know, that's a really intimidating thing. Like you said earlier, to be in a room of 400 people, you've only been there a few weeks. You haven't even probably had a chance to meet them all yet. So it, it, it's things like that that allow people and make people want to come back year after year after year. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad you got an opportunity to go because um, I think part of the the thing that just really resonates with me uh, and anytime we pull together our supporters is that everyone's there for the cause and everyone is so passionate about the work that's being done, but also they're such incredible people. And it's, conversations after conversations that um, can keep you going for hours. And yes, there were a lot of people in the room, but at the same time, we were able to go ahead and continue those relationships, build off of the relationships. Uh, with galas, I think, you know, you asked this earlier on, like, you know, the opportunities that they present. Galas present an opportunity to get someone into the room, to have a good evening, enjoy their time with their spouse or their friends, but then it's that connection to the cause. And then that allows for you to go ahead and build off of that for any new supporters. And that's why galas are, are, um, are really important for us. It's our largest fundraiser, fundraiser. I mentioned that earlier. I mean, it really is our largest fundraiser of the year. So it's important for it to go well, but it's also important for us to go ahead and connect to our supporters in different ways, right? The ones that have been giving for a long time and the ones that are brand new. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to talk about the devotion because the one of the things that I have always enjoyed about the Andy Roddick Foundation Gala is it is it's never on the same night of the week. 
it's on different nights of the week, depending on when it is, um, you know, and it's fun to not know, you know, it, it's going to be on this Friday, whenever it may be, you know, sliding a couple of months apart and it's on different nights of the week. But the fact that people still show up, whether it is on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday really is incredible. And I think to me, you know, that it really helps create a following, but but also what it, one thing that it allows you to uniquely do as an organization, it allows you to keep the event fresh and kind of keep the donors on their toes. So talk about how you feel that, you know, kind of shifting that day, you know, the day of the week around really does allow the donor base to kind of be livened and excited, you know, to go to it every year. Well, first off, I was going to, I, I will say it's an element of surprise every year. We are so fortunate to have Andy Roddick have contacts, pull all of the strings to go ahead and find us an entertainer that's just going to knock it out of the park and make it so much fun. Um, so there is that anticipation, right? Who will it be this year? When will it be this year? Um, yes, will it be on November 15th, a Wednesday night, which is our, where we're landing for 2023. Um, and you're right. It's, there's an element of freshness. Like this is going to be very different than what we experienced last year on a Saturday night. Um, so I think that that's part of what makes this so fun is because, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, Elton John or Leon Bridges, like you just got a surprise every single year. Um, but it does keep it fresh and it does keep all of our donors kind of anticipating when the announcement will come out. And who that entertainer will be. I've been asked that question so many times. Who's the entertainer, Jamer? Who's going to come this year? Who's going to come this year? And for a while there, I had to keep it a secret. Um, but it, it was funny how many people were asking that question. Well, and it's funny because, you know, it, it is out publicly now. So we're going to share that name in a yeah. second. But I think what's fun about this year is you've really got multiple different mediums of performance this year. Because, you know, not only do you have a musical performance in, um, you know, in platinum country artist Jordan Davis, but you've also got comedian and nationally known, you know, radio personality Bobby Bones, who's basically serving as a, a master of ceremonies or an MC, if you will. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how an organization should go about engaging a celebrity or another high profile individual. And, you know, in your case, it's unique because you've really got, you've got to deal with multiple different high profile people, but mm -hmm. they're also in different mediums. So talk a little bit about how you kind of manage that to create a great experience for, for the organization, for the talent and for the audience. Well, first off, I, I will say, you know, when you're when you're choosing a celebrity or a high profile, you know, individual, it's important for their values to align with the nonprofit's mission and goals. Um, it's it's I mean, like when you look at Andy Roddick and he says, like, when people hear my name, I hope they don't think of tennis. I, I really do hope that they're thinking of the kids whose futures are filled with, with possibilities from the work that he's been doing. Um, it's easy to see, Rob, as you've mentioned my passion, it's easy to see his passion. Um, so when you're trying to go ahead and match up the work that you're doing and what celebrity you're going to use, you really need to go ahead and be aligned with the values that they have and your mission that you're actually, you know, uh, for your nonprofit and the goals that you're, you're setting. It's also important for everyone to realize too, celebrities are people, they're individuals. 
they have their own priorities, their own family priorities and commitments. They have other businesses, right? So there is going to be a need for patients and being respectful of their calendar. And this is speaks to why we never know the date is also because we have to make sure it works for the performer and where a performer will say, Hey, Andy, we'll give you November 15th on a Wednesday. That works best for their schedule. And we have to go with that too. Right. Um, so it's making sure that we understand the process is more than just our needs. The process has to do with also their priorities and their commitments. And we're focusing on committing an actual mutual partnership. Um, I also think it's important too, like it's, it's in our DNA, uh, to go ahead and, and really make sure that like every child is seen and heard. Um, that's why we have like really small one to six ratios for our summer camp programs. And with that, you've got multiple artists here. You've got Bobby Bones and Eddie who are going to go ahead and do Raging Idiots. And it's going to be so much fun. And they're in the middle of a tour right now. And we get to jump in as part of that tour. And um, and then you've got Jordan Davis, who is just like knocking it out of the park. I mean, it's constantly winning awards. Um, and he's just on the up and up. And so it's it's really making sure that we can have space for Andy and for Bobby and Eddie and then also for Jordan uh, Davis and allow for each one of them to shine with their allocated time. Um, but, you know, working with two different entertainers this year is the first time we've ever done this, which I think is going to make it even more amazing um, with the gala this year because we are going to have a variety of of a show um, <laughs> between, between Andy speaking and then you know, Bobby and, and Eddie and then also Jordan Davis. I mean, it's going to be fun. It really will be. And, you know, I want to touch upon, you know, something you said about Andy. And, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, here's a high profile name. Here's someone who's at the top of their game. Their nonprofit gala is automatically going to be successful. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case because there's plenty of celebrities who have causes. But unless the uh, unless the person whose name's on it is really showing up 150% and really working the room. And I've gone to that enough times over the years to know how to watch and see how Andy really personally engages with the donors all throughout the night, not everything from the meet and greet till all the way whenever the musical headline act is. That's a really important thing to get those dollars. So just because a celebrity or a high profile person is there or is coming in, you have to have the passion behind it to make sure that it, you know, to make sure that it, it is a success and it'll be, uh, he's, we're going to have to like wind Andy up this year between all those different elements and all those different performers. He's literally going to be like a pinball throughout the, you know, throughout ACL. And that's actually the next thing I want to talk about um, is the space that you all are holding this event, which is um, ACL, which is um, in downtown Austin. And it really is a unique one of a kind space. I think, to hold a gala because not only is there the gala itself, but there's also people that can sit just for the performance. So talk about how mm -hmm. that allows you all as an organization to really, um, really reach wide ranges of the community and really kind of create that whole community environment. Well, first off, we are very, very, very excited and thrilled to be back at ACL Live. Um, it is the first time uh, since we've been there before, you know, before the pandemic, that's the last time that we were there. And so it's like coming home. Uh, this is where we've, we've had our galas. Um, also, 
you were mentioning earlier about like Austin is different than Dallas and it's all, you know, uniquely set up. ACL Live is a well-known venue here in Austin. It's exciting to anybody who gets to go. It has a lot of community pride in it um, for anybody attending from Austin or surrounding areas. It also offers a very warm and engaging environment um, where, yes, we're going to have balcony and mezzanine attendees on the top level, uh, which still gives a beautiful view, like a wonderful close view to, to the entertainment which I will say that those are pretty much all sold out. We've only got a couple of rows left, so that's exciting. And we're not even for a couple of months away still from the event. Um, but it also, uh, when it comes to the gala and the audience that's going to be below on the floor, it, it still keeps it very, very close and allows for us to go ahead and circulate and talk to each other and continue to build this community and have these connections. So, for so many reasons, ACL Live Theater is just a, a wonderful opportunity for us to go ahead and, again, share our story to where we're not on the stage real, real far away from everybody and they can barely hear what we're saying. It's going to be a very intimate, you know, setting. It's small. It's engaging. And it allows for us to go ahead and, and make everyone feel as though they have front row seats to this event. Um, so yeah, we're very excited. And again, I, I think it comes with a lot of community pride for that in itself, just arriving at ACL live already gets you started on the right foot for the evening. Absolutely. And it also allows somebody to like from a donor perspective, and I know people, you know, throughout various events that have been held at ACL live the first year, they may just get a ticket up high. And I've seen major donors be up there for all sorts of events over the years. So it's one of those things I know as an organization, you all, you know, are paying attention to that. But but it's great that at any price point, anyone really is welcome because you can get, you know, a ticket to see a great country music performance for like $100. So I mean, it's, you know, yeah. or $150. So it's, it, it really allows for really the whole community to kind of come in and turn out in a really unique way. Yes, that's that's very well said. And, and I agree. I mean, it, for, you know, last year, we didn't have the opportunity to have a balcony mezzanine because we were in a different location. And uh, I feel like, you know, I enjoy sharing right now like to, to more individuals. You know, just grab a ticket. Just grab a ticket and join us. You might not see the beginning part where, you know, there's paddles up or auction items, but you're going to get ahead and get to see the whole entire, you know, entertainment and it benefits the foundation. So you're not only grabbing your husband to go out for a, you know, a great night or your spouse, but, or a best friend, but you're also doing it for a great cause because part of those contributions are coming back to the foundation to continue our work. Absolutely. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, you kind of talked about the, the gala a little bit, you touched upon it, but talk a little bit about what people can expect at this year's 15th anniversary gala. Well, uh, first off, you know, we have a reception. This is, this is a Wednesday. So we're, we're hoping that people can close up their computer and just look at this as a nice change on a Wednesday night. Uh, I, I read this book years ago about why does every Tuesday have to, have to feel like a Tuesday? Why can't you make a Tuesday feel different? Right. And it gives more spark to your life and gets you through. Um, the rest of the week. And I feel like that, I hope that that same experience happens for all of our guests on a November 15th on a Wednesday to go ahead and just close up for the day, 
grab their um, guests, whoever's going to go ahead and join them for the event, come down early, join the reception, mingle, meet people again with same common interests that are there for a cause. Um, so it's just, it's beyond the music. It's, it's beyond the comedy act. It really is because they're trying to go ahead and give all of our youth an opportunity to go ahead and have an even playing field. And we'll start off with the reception. We're going to go into our uh, speech from Andy, have wonderful auction items to go ahead and bid on. A paddles up for those that don't necessarily want an auction item, but they want to go ahead and give to the foundation because that direct um, contribution goes really, really far. And then we're going to go into our comedy act with Bobby Bones. He will, he will be more of the MC, but also have his comedy act with Eddie Garcia, um, who uh, does the Raging Idiots with him, who's also on the show with him. And then we're going to go into Jordan Davis. And so it's just like all leading up to Jordan. And again, you could try to switch this any way you want, and it would still be fabulous. But um it's going to be a great night. And then we also have an after party after that. So it's it's like, don't have an early Thursday morning, 730 meeting. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Enjoy your experience on a Wednesday night and have fun with it. Um, but like I said, I think that when you come out to these types of events, it's not just to be at an event and then close it up and then go back home. It's to be at an event and to go ahead and connect with others that have your same passion and interest understand more about the mission, get really, really fired up to stay involved in the work that we're doing and um, and make sure that you're meeting a couple of new friends along the way. So I think it's going to be an incredible evening. It's it's going to be fun. Um, it's definitely going to be one for the books. Absolutely. Well, 15, 15 years, you know, and celebrating it in style, you know, it's just, I'm really, you know, really proud of you all for, you know, not many events last this long and certainly last this long and remain this popular. So Jamie, again, thank you so much for having, for being a guest today and congratulations on 15 years. And here's to the next 15 years, 15 years of the gala. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate and, it. And I appreciate the time. I, I want to say that again, like I know that there's probably a lot of people you can talk to, but I appreciate the time and the commitment again to our youth because, you know, like I said, there's plenty of kids to go around and there's a lot of need to go ahead and continue to, to look at how we're supporting our, our next generation of leaders and making sure that they can go ahead and get everything they need at an early age to go ahead and be able to be set up for that young child or young adult success. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, you all do so much to serve the Austin community. And, you know, we're really grateful that you took the time. So thank you, Jamie. And the 2023 Andy Roddick Foundation Gala will be held on November 15th, 2023 at ACL Live in Austin, Texas. For more information, please visit arfoundation.org. And that will do it for this week's episode of Fun and Fundraising. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care. <laughs>